You're listening to the Music Interval Theory Podcast with TC and Frank. Hello, everybody. This is Frank welcoming you to another fantastic and fun episode of the Music Interval Theory Podcast. Today, we will listen to two fun stories that I want to tell you. So let's not waste any time. Just grab some popcorn instead and enjoy the ride. Here we go. So today I've had an interesting experience with an organ and especially, I want to be specific here because why not? That was the B4 organ from Native Instruments. So some of you might know this thing because as I found out, it is actually a very old product. <laughs> and this brings me to a long-winded story that I want to share with you, but in a shorter way, obviously. So what happened? I was supposed to create an organ track for a project. Okay, so I remembered some years ago, I bought this B4 organ version 2. And I actually still found my serial number in the uh, native access, whatever it's called, this, this software program that they deliver to download and update their products. Okay, so I went in, I found my serial and I thought, perfect, let's just download this thing and here we go. Well, the first thing is you can't really download this thing with the version one of this native access software. I was not able to upgrade to version two because you have to have at least Windows 10 to run their software. So I searched around on the internet and actually found an updater somewhere hidden on the native instruments website for the B4 organ and Windows. So perfect, I grabbed this installer, I installed it on my machine and I was actually quite happy because, well, we are ready to go. It turned out that this actually is only a 32-bit plugin. I opened Cubase, the version 9.5 or whatever I'm using here, and this instantly put the B4 organ on its blacklist. <laughs> and there is no option to put this thing from the blacklist to the whitelist so that you can open it in Cubase 9.5. There is no option to do this. At least I'm not aware of that. So I was really annoyed by this. And then I thought, well, great, I still have Cubase 8 installed on my machine. I never used it, like for six years or so. Okay, I clicked on the icon, it opened, which was fantastic. But then here it comes. I was actually able to open the B4 organ in there because Cubase 8 does not have this blacklist feature. Let's call it a feature for now. <laughs> you can also call it a bug, but let's call it a feature. And then I opened the B4 organ in there and there was no sound, nothing. Then out of a sudden, I receive an error message from Cubase telling me that the VST bridge can't be established anymore and it has to be closed down. Everything has to be shut down. There is no other way. Guess what? I still had Cubase 7 installed. <laughs> Believe it or not. I know it's ridiculous. Anyway, I was actually able to open the B4 organ in Cubase 7. And I imported all the MIDI data, created that track first via the MIDI data 
and then I wanted to open the GUI and change some of the settings. Here comes the next bummer. Well, I opened the GUI and it completely froze and I could not touch any of the settings. As I found out, the settings, they were still working, but I can't see the display properly. And sometimes I hit one of those settings and then I realized I can't actually uh, make it work that way. So I had to go into the MIDI track and I had to automate everything via this MIDI lane. There was no way I could use the write or read function and just do these things in real time with the mouse and the keyboard. It was not possible. So it took me, and that is not a joke, it took me three hours to create this one minute and 12 seconds organ track. <laughs> Although I did know the MIDI data before. So it was more or less a recreation of that MIDI data with the B4 organ. This has wasted so much time today, but it was still a funny story that is worth sharing. And I hope that you actually could smile with me. So many thanks to Cubase 7. And my advice is, if you still have older Cubase versions installed, just keep them. Don't delete them because you never know when you have to go back, especially with this blacklist thing. And by the way, if somebody knows how to treat that blacklist and how to access the plugins that are on that list, please let me know. I would love to know how to remove these plugins from the blacklist so that I can access everything in my most recent Cubase version. You really gotta love the organ, I know. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I always wanted to say this. <laughs> and here is even another story that I've shared at one of our webinar sessions. So let's dive into that. Let me actually tell you a short story. When I started out, I worked in the video game industry. This was around 2004, I believe. And I was um, approached by a German uh, video game developer, 49 games. And they found a track that I wrote as licensed music and they, they liked it. They sent me an email and they asked me if I would be interested in scoring their next video game, which was a sports game. They always focused on sports games like skiing or ski jumping, summer games, winter games. It was kind of similar what they did in, over the years, but still they needed a lot of music for that. So they came to me and they asked me if I would be willing to write these uh, little tracks, like three minute tracks for the menu, in-game and credits. And one of those tasks stood out to me because they said, well, we spend a lot of money and a lot of time on a new discipline that we have in this current game, which is ice figure skating. And they hired, I believe, the world champion back then, the female world champion, and motion captured the complete run with her in one of these big stadiums, which was pretty expensive, obviously. So they really talked so much about this ice figure skating that uh, I got a bit nervous, honestly, about that particular task, right? I said, well, let's just see what you've created. Let, let me see the video. And they said, well, we have some problems with that. The editing process takes forever and we might not be able to deliver in time, which means now you have to make up for that time, <laughs> which didn't make it better in my situation, of course. 
So I thought, okay, great. I know this is important to you. And now you are putting this stress on me. I didn't say this using these words, but that is what I felt. And they said, okay, we will do it this way. We will need it back in two days from today. And the internet connection was not that good back then. So sending it via WeTransfer or whatever was not an option. And they decided to ship it to me via Overnight Express from Hamburg to Cologne. I was located in Cologne since I studied there and everything. And it took the driver around, well, six hours, seven hours to deliver this DVD to me. And then they handed it over and I was completely nervous, have not had enough sleep that night because obviously I expected this thing to arrive. So I opened it, put it into my DVD drive. Yes, back then we had DVD drives. <laughs> And I watched this thing for the first time and I realized very quickly, okay, it's two minutes and I can't just wing it. It's not possible, especially until tomorrow, right? And that was, I'm telling this story because that was the first time I really got nervous because back then I did not have any process. I was winging it always and it worked for the most part. But at that moment, I maneuvered myself into almost a dead end. I received a phone call actually from the guys telling me that they wanted a change. And I feared, oh man, please don't, since I have to deliver this by tomorrow. And I was really almost pissed. <laughs> Sorry for the language, but it was true. So obviously, polite as I am, I asked about the issue. Well, what, what is it? And they said, well, please stop working right now immediately. And I said, okay. This actually starts off kind of weird. So probably they want me to start over. And they said, guess what? While we were working on some final tweaks, we had the guy sitting next to us in the graphic department play a menu music that I wrote that did not get used in any of the assignments that I finished for the project. And they said it almost fit perfectly. So we want to use that menu track. We don't want you to write something new. <laughs> and I was so relieved. I could not tell you how great that information was to me. Since I really felt, okay, I have no idea how to finish this thing. I don't know how to wing it. Luckily enough, it gave me enough time to figure out a better process. It was not the three-step process, though. Uh, it was hiring more guys. That was my first step to making my process better. Because then, you know, we could distribute the work. But it was so relieving almost like, yeah, fantastic. I'm so thankful for that information. I don't have to write anything for this ice figure skating animation. And uh, yeah, it turned out they really liked the menu stuff, the menu music. They added some additional sound design on top. And um, that's it. Guys, that was the end of the story. Hopefully... You liked this session. Many thanks to everybody. Drive safely and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. And we will catch up soon. Bye. This podcast is powered by the Music Interval Theory Academy, your resource for getting clarity and confidence in music composition and orchestration. See you inside at musicintervaltheory.academy.com.